Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets. Interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. I just finished watching Hunters on Amazon, and I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it's a little uh, far-fetched, but it's kind of like you wish it happened, kind of like a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood type thing, and I thought the story was, you know, good, and uh, it kept me entertained, and I especially loved the sets. I mean, I was five minutes into it. I couldn't couldn't get to IMDb fast enough to see who decorated it and uh, just gorgeous rich color and super layered I just thought it was gorgeous so I emailed the decorator Kathy Marshall to see if she'd be on the podcast and hopefully we're going to try to make something work so I hopefully have that coming up Um, but really fantastic sets for that so congrats to her for that Um, I also would like to say thank you for pushing play on this episode. Uh, It's going to be a real treat. Ethan Goodwin has the position of a buyer in the set dressing department, and I could not do my job without a buyer at this point. In our industry, the hurry up and wait, as we have in set dressing, you have to make very quick turnarounds and figure out logistics of everything getting to the set, and it's really hard. The buyer has become a vital position in this new golden age of television and there's high expectations for every episode. Not that sets weren't hard to accomplish 10-20 years ago, but now the demand of every episode being like a feature quality, it's a, it's a really great accomplishment just to get an episode done. Ethan and I have worked together on shows like Bones, Parks and Rec, Love, Veep, and we just started. Uh, we're back together again. With American Crime Story, The Impeachment of William Jefferson Clinton. He's one of my besties. He's a genuine talent who has a great taste for furniture and, and the look and just is a fantastic problem solver. As a buyer, it could be very isolating because you're in your car all day, you're driving from prop house to prop house, you're going to stores, sometimes four different Ikeas in one day, whatever it takes. So being a self-starter and someone who can, you know, get tasks done in a timely time frame is really, really important in that position. Buyers also deal with getting quotes and double-checking orders. And in my office, the first thing is finding the best happy hour deals around the lot. I'm so excited to have Ethan back on my crew, as you'll hear our excitement and our voices uh, in this interview. Ethan's credits include the upcoming Perry Mason reboot, For All Mankind, Homecoming, Gone Girl. I mean, just a fantastic resume. Uh, We discuss so many things from him starting out to being a set deck coordinator and then um, shopping for period shows. I've broken this up into two episodes, so I hope you enjoy. (laughs) 
Hi, Ethan Goodwin. Hi, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that this might be our my most awkward interview because we're such good friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very nervous. No, I know. I just want to do a good job. Or you know who, what was really awkward? Sean. When I interviewed Sean... Also, it was like the second interview I did, and we were like held up in that back bedroom. It was like a sweat house, and it was so hot. At least, yeah, I've got wine and cheese for you. Is that why his was like 25 minutes? Yeah. Mine'll be like 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have so many things to talk about. Mm. How did you start this magnificent journey into being a set deck buyer? Um, I went to film school in Boston Mm -hmm. and um, did my last semester out here in Los Angeles and worked on... At Emerson. At Emerson, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I worked on a Nancy Myers movie called uh, What Women Want. Mm -hmm. I was the art department intern. So I drove down... Did you hear any uh, Mel Gibson slurs while you were there? (laughs) No, No. I didn't. And I was living in Burbank. And so I white knuckled it all the way down to Culver City <laughs> twice a week. And I sat in the office with the art coordinator and, and PA and just, you know, helped out. And I got school credit for it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like being paid and and having to pay at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> Were you paid or was it No, I wasn't paid. It, it was, was just, just it was just school credit. Well, you you're paid in experience because Exactly. Yeah. I, I couldn't think... I wasn't allowed to actually go on any runs because I wasn't an yeah. actual employee on the movie. Insurance but, um, wise they won't let you. Yeah. I think um I think working in an art department in the very beginning and just seeing what everybody does. Yeah. And, and all of our different titles that we have and someone never touches a pencil and this other person never touches fabric and yep. and then I always thought delivering uh, floor plans to like the grips uh-huh. and seeing like oh well, what are they looking at on this floor plan and yep. I, I definitely think the film business is a very hands on I didn't go to school for film so I don't know do you yeah. think you needed to go to school for film? No, not at all. In fact, I wish I hadn't gone to school for film. Yeah. I wish I'd gone for like art history, maybe. Yeah. It would oh, have been more helpful. Absolutely. I. But I didn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> no. I went to school for interior design, and I think that helps me more. Yeah. Um, uh, no school that I was going to go to would offer film, and my parents probably wouldn't have let me. Yeah. That was cool that your parents let you like study film. Yeah. That's true. (laughs) They let you go for it. As far away from Nashville as I could get. (laughs) (laughs) But I love my time in Boston. And I saw some great, you know, I had some really good film theory courses. and Yeah. um, Oh, I'm sure it lends to. Yeah. It it has to. And it too have affected you, like, just knowledge that you had on the job, at least when you got there. Yeah, for sure. Did you have to watch, like, Citizen Kane? I did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Citizen Kane and uh, Groundhog Day. <laughs> Not Groundhog Day. Oh. <laughs> um, and then you moved here in the late 90s-ish? 2000. 2000. Yeah. And you have this stunning little career that you just jumped right into big movies. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? How did you... Because you went into uh, Life with Dick and Jane, right? Was that your first one? Oh, Fun, uh, fun with Dick and fun Jane. Fun with Dick and Jane. Um, Which was a big movie at the time. It's Jim Carrey. Yeah. That was a big movie. That wasn't my first. Oh, but okay. um, I had, so uh, 
I have to give credit. Hold on, let me scroll down five pages to uh, on your IMDP <laughs> page. Wind Talkers was your first? Yes, Wind Talkers. That Up was in not Valencia. A good movie. Well, I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> but we were shooting you don't need to. <laughs> in Valencia. The crew had just come back from Hawaii. So that was my first movie. Okay, let's just talk about your first five. Mm-hmm. Okay, you did Wind Talkers, was still a big budget movie yeah. at the time. Hulk. Something's got to give. I don't know what Forever Eden is, sorry. And then Fun with Dick and Jane. I mean, you really just stepped in shit right out the bus. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do any softcore porn stuff. No Roger Corman any, movie. No, you didn't do any Hallmark <laughs> like I had to slum in. Well, I had a really good... Um, my So my dad was uh, a high school art teacher and he had a student one of his favorite students andrea carter is an art department coordinator here in la Mm. and uh she got me that internship on uh what women want Mm. and then she also helped me get my first art pa job on wind talkers and the crew that i worked with on what women want after i finished the hulk which i was just the art department assistant on um, they hired me to be the art department coordinator on Nancy Meyer's next movie, uh, Something's Gotta Give, and I got wow. into the union on that. Wow. So I tell people... Oh my God. You know, you meet so many people on your first job. You meet so many people on one production. You do. That <laughs> what seems initially like a really daunting process of starting a career freelancing, you know, you you can just get, you know, you end up getting a job yeah. after job and it... And suddenly it doesn't seem so hard. Yeah. Well, but you started out on, like, big shit. I mean, you... <laughs> <laughs> I started out doing this, like, uh, set PA and office PA, and then I got a job on this really small film, and it was turning union. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what that meant, and no one told me either. Yeah. And I was like... The buyer and the draftsman and the PA and I did everything, and no one ever said like, "Hey, kid, we're all like jumping in." Uh huh. And Shay, <laughs> <laughs> I knew her like way back when, and John Zachary. Um, and uh, I always feel like, man, I wish they would have been like, "Hey, we're all jumping in the union. Maybe we could find a spot for you." And obviously, I feel like if it was available they would have helped me uh-huh. but to be that close on my second job oh. but so I didn't know how it worked that you kind of follow with people or you hope that they you know bring you along to your next one so I was like fuck this is ending in like three weeks I gotta uh-huh. I gotta get a job so I sent out resumes I got a job on Wheel of Fortune and the production designer like on the last day Franco Carboni says hey so I got this movie it starts in like a couple weeks so we're all gonna go do that and I was like Oh, I got a job. He was like, "What?" He was like, "Where'd you get a job?" I go, "Oh, I got a job on Wheel of Fortune." He goes, "What? <laughs> How did you get a job on Wheel of Fortune?" I go, "I don't know. I just thought this is ending, and I gotta find a job." Uh-huh. So I just went out. I just kept sending resumes, and and so I didn't know that it is sort of customary to like you keep with a group if you can. You keep yeah. with people that you work with, or like you said, like the, the lead man, like. Uh-huh. So I didn't know that in the yeah. beginning at all. I was so I was on my own. I had nobody helping me. <laughs> I didn't know anybody. But, but I can't believe you worked on something. So your second gig went union. Yeah. 
Wow. The second gig when Union. See, that's that, lucky. That's That seems very hard to do these days. Yeah, but I didn't know. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. I was just like, oh, that I don't know what that means to everyone here. I'm just like going to go get some sandwiches. Yeah. I don't After feel like there's feel- many productions in town that turn like they used to. So that was 99 or 2000. Yeah. No, it was very hard. And it was a super small movie. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how it turned itself, but yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so you you were art department coordinator and then you went into set deck coordinating. Yep. Which at that time, 2005, <laughs> for fun and Dick and, with Dick and Jane, that was a new position. It was. Yeah. And why do you think that they needed it? <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's more work than art department coordinating. It's tracking so a set deck budget. Tracking all the purchases. Yeah. Tracking uh, the rentals, the exactly. POs. Doing I really had to fight. Cash. I mean, that's the trick with that position. And thank God it is actually recognized now. Because um, when I was on Monster House and I was set deck coordinating, um, I was still union. I was in 871. But... They wouldn't, they told me at the time that I was the first coordinator at Sony, set deck coordinator, to actually get 871 benefits. Wow. And so, yeah, it felt good at the time. Yeah. And so, and then I did fun with Dick and Jane at Sony. I did three Sony features set deck coordinating, and I got my benefits each time, but I had to tell them. They were like, oh, well, you can't, that's not an 871 position. But I would refer to the last show, and they would they would pay it, and, you were and then I would tell to... everybody else, you know, all the other coordinators. Look, if you get a yeah. job at Sony, you have to tell them that you can get it paid. It is <laughs> important to have that openness. Yeah. With everyone. Yes. I'm a firm believer. If you really, if you want to know what I make, I'll completely tell you. Like, <laughs> I just think because I've because other people have used that to their advantage in getting the same rate. It's the same job. It's the same, it's the same gig and it's different networks and different mm-hmm. movies or whatever. And we should be paid the same. It's ridiculous that yeah. it's, <clears throat> I mean, we're, we're union. So you start out at a base and then you negotiate up, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if the last person at Sony negotiated $300 more and then they're only going to offer you just base, Mm -hmm. if you know that you go in with that knowledge and it's, it's powerful and it works. Yeah, for sure. And it's definitely something that I'm very big on and, and other decorators and I'm very open with that because I, it helps us all. It totally does. Yeah. I'm like that with other buyers now and about, you know, what. The rates and getting. perks you get yeah. because it is helpful to know because they will always try and lowball you. Yes. And the art department coordinators have had a tough run of it. Oh, and thankfully, absolutely. they have banded together in a way in the past two years that has made a real difference in just getting their rate yeah. up. Because here's the thing. it's a stepping That's a stepping stone position if you want it to be. Right. So it's good to do it. Mm-hmm. It's knowledge of the department. Um, you're... You know, you're figuring out why money's being spent where and how we move it around. Yep. That type of thing. What kind of research we're doing. Uh, what our days are like. <laughs> um, but it's not, uh, I don't know how to say it. If you, <laughs> you got to do it. It's yeah. a shit position. But you got to do it. And, mm-hmm. and, and we've all done it. 
mm-hmm. and we've all gone through it but and it's 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 valuable in that you got to learn from it and then move on yeah that's what i think if you're not if you want to move on if you don't and that's your gig that's great <laughs> <laughs> but take i think take from it what you will and i think in this business two years in a position maybe three well and then and then you gotta gotta move up you gotta get something yeah yeah you mastered well it it was certainly a stepping stone for me yes i couldn't get out of it fast enough yeah (laughs) not everyone is the same (laughs) i was an art department coordinator like i think three times and i was awful (laughs) i was awful they'd start talking to me about clearance and i'd be like Uh I don't know. Well, I never really liked art coordinating. I did like set deck coordinating, though, because I liked to... I never set deck coordinated. Um, I mean, I, I actually liked tracking budgets. And on the features I was doing, you know, they're like million-dollar set dressing budgets. Yeah. But you also get to see where the buyers are shopping. And you right. get to kind of know the vendors and the prop houses that are useful for what sets, you know, what kind of sets you're doing. So I kind of used it that knowledge. Yeah. No, and that's perfect. That's what you should do. Because it becomes to a point where, like, at a a decorating standpoint, (laughs) like, I don't don't deal with a lot of stuff anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I don't deal with a lot of paperwork anymore in the sense that, like, I approve stuff. Um, saying like, yeah, I rented, I rented from there mm-hmm. and then like the paperwork comes in and everything and we go over it when we see the invoice and stuff and I'm very bad at double checking a, a, a invoice <laughs> and approving it. <laughs> so I know that. Um, <clears throat> but that position has now become vital mm-hmm. in especially tracking the budget and also um, the wrap. Mm-hmm. The wrap of a show is very important when you're going to come back next season and you got to catalog all of your inventory and everything for set deck. It's it's really important that oh, yeah. position. Oh yeah, for so, sure. So yeah, it's become a lot more. They should be paid more. Oh, completely. It's it's what is it like a thousand? I don't know. No, they're up to. I mean, I think set deck coordinators and art coordinators are are getting the same rate now. Twelve hundred. It's more than that. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Good. I mean, there are oddly still some studios like Fox that will not, don't recognize yeah. a set deck coordinator as a union position, even though it has been that way for years now. But Different studios um, have apparently make their own rules that they get away with in the union, and Fox is one of them of, like, they don't recognize an on-set dresser. Mm-hmm. They just call that position another set de- dresser. Well, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's such a vital... A I mean, buyer. Yeah. A buyer, they'll make a set dresser to yeah. get away with not paying it. Yeah. Well, we could not do our job without the set deck coordinator. I mean, the coordinator no. I just worked with, Paul, on Perry Mason was genius. I mean, he took care of so much stuff and was so trustworthy and helpful, and it yeah. just was amazing. Kenzie, that I've yeah. had the last two years. <laughs> the, a lot of the, the coordinators that I've had, although a lot of them leave me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a stepping stone, Kim. Yeah, no, and that's good. That's good. Uh, I have... Uh, Kenzie right now and she's fantastic yeah she's into it yeah and she's got a bit of an attitude and I like it (laughs) she's sassy and I like it um so then you how did you get into being a buyer because you are a set deck buyer so I was working with Denise Pizzini who was decorating who I I gotta get on this what I gotta get her on oh yeah absolutely 
Yeah. Because fascinating enough, I mean, she's a designer. She was a set decorator. She's a designer, yeah. like, and she's fantastic, and she's, she's funny, awesome. She's a good. So I was coordinating for her. I was set deck coordinating on uh, School for Scoundrels this mm-hmm. movie, and um, she had just taken a design job on another movie as soon as that was over, and she wanted me to art coordinate for her. And I said, I cannot coordinate one more movie. I'm not doing it. I have to get into forty four. Yeah. Because I had decorators that I had coordinated for that were calling me at that point, asking me if I was in 44 yet, because they wanted to hire me to shop, and right. I couldn't do it. Yeah. So I told Denise no, and she said, all right, Ethan, look, this movie <coughs> this movie is going to turn, oh, so why don't we... Genius. We'll, we'll just hire you as a set dresser, and you can set dress, and then hopefully you can start your getting your days. So I agreed to do it gladly, just a set dress. It was this right. little Morgan Freeman movie called Ten Items or Less. And I actually got 31 days on that movie. Wow. <laughs> As a set job. dresser. That's yeah. awesome. So then I started taking all of my you know, classes and I got into 44 in 2006. That's awesome. Yeah. You just have to make it happen. You have to say no. You finally yeah. have to turn down you jobs. You have to turn down jobs. Yeah. yeah. I remember I left... Um, uh, what about Brian? I was the art department coordinator, and Derek Hill was the production designer. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so nervous to tell him, "Hey, um, I got a call to be a set decorator on this Hallmark <laughs> film, and I'm gonna make so much less <laughs> than than an art department coordinator, but I have to do it." You gotta let people go. And he was like, <laughs> "I, I, I get it." Yeah. He was like totally cool, and I left like in the middle of like a pilot or something. Like I, I feel I always feel bad about that, but you gotta you gotta do it, and everybody understands completely. Yeah, yeah. And I and like I said, like <laughs> I joke that plenty of PAs have left me. Uh, you understand? Yeah. And people need long term jobs, and you gotta work and you gotta eat. So I everyone's think... happy for someone to move up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Completely. And, yeah. Um. So can you describe what a buyer is? <laughs> Besides being my <laughs> well, <laughs> my um... bitch buddy, <laughs> let's just sit here and bitch about everything. I mean, <laughs> we're out in the field all day. We're you know dealing with the vendors at the prop houses, the shops, and uh, uh, yeah, driving around town all day. Yeah, finding stuff. I mean, lately, you know, I most shows now seem to have two or three buyers and so um on the show i just finished uh for hbo we there were three buyers perry mason yep and it was just sort of a divide and conquer mentality yeah we got our own sets and um well i think that's the way to go i've learned that from trial and error you can't split a setup no because it gets too confusing it gets confusing i mean occasionally we would help each other out you know it was just too much oh you're looking for this i'm here yeah i think it works like that if you have, you know, end up having one day to shop an entire set, it's like, oh, Unless shit. your buyer is already... Someone goes, someone goes, to, someone needs to do art. <laughs> someone does rugs. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Or if it's you like, really... or if people are competitive. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work. But yeah. Uh, but the hardest part is, you know, you just have to plan out your day and how you're going to get it all done. You have to be a self You're constantly making mental lists in your head yeah. about how am I going to get this all done today and, you know... I tend to start 
And have lunch. And have Please lunch. Please stop for lunch. I tend to start further out and work my way back into town or closer to the office. But, you know, yeah. you pull over. You might pull over in your car half a dozen times and look at your list again and think, did I get enough artwork? Yeah. Do I have enough? Uh, because the, the thing is, know, too, that a lot of the times the buyers don't see the location or the set. Well, that was the problem on my last show. A lot of times it, it, you're sort of like, okay, this is the character, this is the set, yeah. and then that you go out and shop it. Mm-hmm. A you, lot of that get, happened on Veep. Oh. You know what I mean? It was a completely. lot of like, we, we have don't have drawings, t- we don't have this yet. No, but exactly. But it shoots, you know, two yeah. days. You're looking at pictures online of a location you've never been to. Yeah. And then you're getting texted from the, you know, we get texts from the decorator, you know, sometimes oh, by the, the way, day before you know oh, by the way notes. the drapery is like 104 well, yeah, make it work because things change every day <laughs> yeah and sometimes you're just getting notes the day before yeah so um yeah you really have to do you um do you think that the job has gotten harder completely yeah definitely <laughs> like in the last five years i think this oh, job yeah. has gotten harder it has. And I think that's because the expectation of the quality of television has gotten harder. Mm-hmm. It's gotten the expectation is just higher. Yeah. I think that that's it. The stream the streaming the streaming the streaming and even network. Yeah. I mean even like they a good place feature quality. Yeah. And because when we were on Bones, I mean in and in, in the even in the early 2000s when you, if you were still on a network show you would be, you know, you knew you had 10 months of work. Yeah. And you do like 24 episodes. Yeah. Well, the last three jobs I've done, one for HBO, one for Apple, and uh, one for Netflix, it's, you know, it's it's eight or 10 it's months or 10, to do yeah. eight episodes. Oh, yeah. Or 10 episodes because it's feature quality. Yeah, and they're so shooting you, longer. Yeah. The budgets are the higher. The budgets are higher. And they expect you to turn it around (laughs) and so we keep pulling it off and it just makes them think that that you can do it that you can do it that's the problem that's the norm (laughs) yeah that's the norm and that's that's why tv shows have three buyers now yes (laughs) because it's just too too far away on perry mason you know our sets were so uh they were all over town i mean and then someone told me that we couldn't um the way the tax credit works in la is that you have to shoot in all of the cities in greater Los Angeles to get the tax credit. Oh. But we would have two sets, you know, two or three sets a day. I don't think Beep abided by that. No, I don't think they did. <laughs> Beep had their own rules. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> Beep is its own entity, and they were just like, we're so glad to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> just spend the money wherever you want. Yeah. I think Beep had like a, they had to shoot on, at Paramount, mm-hmm. a certain amount of days. Yeah. And on location, a certain amount of days to spend the money, like in the area or whatever. But I remember, I don't think they were close to our stage days at one point, and it was like we need to build this, we need to be on stage type right. thing. Right. I think. I mean, I, sometimes you hear shit, and then you're like, oh. Sometimes producers do not don't help you out with stage days. You know, it's always oh. a, it's always a break for us, but if they give it to you but. well i was saying that with good place on the on the other podcast mm-hmm. like the third season that adam and ian or yeah we're like oh we love season three because we were in the real world and we were on earth and i was like no mm-hmm. we didn't have the back lot yeah we didn't have michael's office for a day 
Like, that's hard. My crew runs bell to bell every day. Yeah. Like, it's hard. This mm-hmm. movie, the movie Moxie I just did, it was all locations. There was yeah. not one build. Yeah. We didn't have a gold room. <laughs> the guys had to, like, drive to location every day. It's a mess when mm-hmm. you have that. And it's chaotic and it's really hard. Uh, people don't realize how how much crew it takes to pull it all off. Oh. Because you think about it, you have a crew. And good crew. Yeah. Committed crew. Yeah. You'll have a crew wrapping one set, dressing another set in another part of town, and, and then picking up for the next day. Yeah. So you end up with so many trucks and drivers and set dressers. and Yeah. It's you lot. hear stories of like, oh my God, that show has 26 trucks on and 78. <laughs> like 78 swing people. And you're it like, becomes notorious. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and... About your job, what do you hate, like, on your day-to-day? What note do you hate to get? Or, like, what do you, what do you like, oh, God, I don't want to do that. Uh, Well, the hardest part is just getting around town and fighting the traffic. And, and again, like I said, figuring out how to get it all done and hit everything so that it makes sense, you know. And then, you know, of course, if you shop out the valley and then you're on the west side and you get a note, you know, a last-minute note that sends you back to the valley, it's, you know, it's just... (laughs) It's not ten minutes. No, it's that much. It's the it's rest that much of your day. Time, yeah, yeah. And depending on what you're pulling, you know, it can take. Smalls. It takes. So, it, it takes a take great a amount time. of time. Yeah. Because as as when you walk these aisles and you're pulling, like say for an office, and you're pulling for cubicles, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this is kind of easy. Okay, so it's ten of the same lamps, or twenty of the same lamps. It's twenty of the same this and this and this, and then you're like, oh, and then I got to give them character. Okay, so cat I don't know, people like cats mm-hmm. you catch it in there. okay these people like snow globes or like yeah. and you're trying so much to give these little like coffee cups mm-hmm. and you just have to go with pins it because and... every day is so different and what you're thrown you know is so different each day that it doesn't really you just have to go in with us you know yeah you just have to surrender to it because that's that's the job but don't you and I if th- you can't you'll go crazy oh yeah <laughs> i think all the time about like locations that we've shot in mm-hmm. the gorgeous locations and homes that we've been in and been like oh my gosh what is this yeah or the gross like chicken factories (laughs) gross like homeless Uh encampment type places um i always think like i'm i'm i would have never had this experience i would have never been in this room if i didn't have this job that is yeah that is an amazing part of the job yeah and then to watch us all transform it Mm -hmm. into you know a banquet or a railroad like it's 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 crazy the amount of imaginary Mm -hmm. imagine that we have to have to transform all these locations that's one of my favorite parts completely and when you're in a home then seeing the homeowner say yeah watch you work oh i never thought to put that there or can i keep those drapes hey you idiot (laughs) (laughs) we're always like because we we're always big on blinds and it's always custom yeah. It's always like, oh, they're like a half inch off of like uh-huh. Home Depot. And then you go and you spend an enormous amount of money on blinds because you have to have them like in two days. And the homeowner's like, I never thought of the blinds there. Mm-hmm. Can I keep them? And you're like, yeah, because we're never going to use them again. <laughs> it's it's one of our biggest like, hey, let me talk. Well, yeah, I'll let you keep the Yeah. 
just don't talk about that scratch on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe don't talk to locations. I love when you can do that. Yeah. When they're happy, you know, and you can just. It's a compliment. I see it as a compliment of like, oh, you like you like the drapes? Yeah. Completely. Yeah. I. You've let an entire film crew for whatever reason come into your house. You deserve to keep that. (laughs) Why would you let like eighty people stomp into your house? Exactly. But people do it. Um, what is your interaction with the decorator? When mm. you go, when you, let's say your decorator to the swing gang and the designer, like what is your interaction with the rest of, of this Um, well, I mean, you're in constant interaction with the decorator all day. You know, you have to, and at the end of every day, you have to formulate kind of a plan for the next day well, where, if, where you're going to meet or what. If it's me and Ethan, it's like, what place has a three p.m. happy hour (laughs) (laughs) that we can discuss the next day we just want to go be done and have an early happy hour we've done that that was that was before kids but yeah we've done that but yes you are you are you're constant constant talking we're in constant contact yeah and then you have a lot of relaying to pickups um and invoices and accounts Mm-hmm. With either the coordinator or the lead man, yeah, or the swing guys are picking up furniture and they can't mm-hmm. find it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's just it's text all day long. Yeah, but you know I also what did we do before texting? I don't I have no idea how this job. Oh, I don't know how they no, did it. I don't it. know. I don't know. You'd have to go. Yeah, you beep someone and be like, ah. Uh, you had a walkie and you'd go. You had your Thomas walk- guide and then you go print your Thomas pictures guide, out. Yeah, and you had a Motorola. <laughs> exactly, a Nextel. A Nextel. <laughs> yeah, or you'd pull over and make a call, I guess. And then at the end of the day, you used to have to go to like Kinkos and print out all your pictures. Yeah, that's ins- that was. That's and then crazy. you make folders. You post them and put them up in folders. Yeah, in Manila folders. That's mm-hmm. when we we were on the cusp of that. Like old school, new school of buyers are design like printing, outsourcing printing to in-house printing. Mm-hmm. And then it was cartridges galore, just going through ink cartridges constantly. And now it's just like, just send it to me on my phone yeah, and just put it in an online it's, folder and it's all there yeah, for me to Dropbox look at. It's just Dropbox or Cloud. Yeah. It's just all there. I hate Dropbox. <laughs> yeah. Um, and do you have much interaction with the production designer? Uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes, but it's usually yeah. filtered through the decorator. Yeah. Which, um, you know, unless they come to you for something specific. Um, yeah. Well, they know you're the one like yeah. out there. Yeah. So a lot of the times the designer, knowing mm-hmm. the buyer will be comfortable and be like, Hey, you know, I really want to make sure that we have this right in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. And I mean, it's hard for the decorator these these days, you know? I mean, we, you know... Uh, uh, I can't think con- of anything. Just with I the can't. constant tech scouting and meetings and, yeah. you know... And it's... I can't think of anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've made up templates like, don't forget drapes, don't forget rugs, yeah. don't forget this. <laughs> and I'm still like, oh shit, I forgot mm-hmm. to get rugs. Yeah. I forget rugs a lot. Well, there, that will always happen. That yeah. always happens. Not thinking about the floor. And then you put the, and then you make the swing gang go to a separate prop house to go pick up the rug. Last thing, you get it on set just in time, and then the first thing they do is pick up the rug. Yeah, that's always a bummer. Well, what happened on our my last show is that you know, 
because there were three of us, you know, we'd each, at the end of the day, we'd hand the lead man all of our pickup envelopes, and we might have as many as, you know, 20 pickups each. Each. Going to the same prop houses, but he would separate, you know, he would have, he would designate a certain truck just for one set. Right. So the crew's constantly running into each other at different places, picking up different sets, Mm -hmm. and me and the other buyers are running into them at the prop houses, too. And you sort of, it's like, oh, what, are you are you on my set? Or are, you yeah. on, are you on this set? <laughs> because you couldn't just send them, say, to Lenny Marvin to it pick gets, up everything. Yeah. I mean, it gets... Because all that dressing would be in one truck and then would have to go to, like, three separate yeah. locations. So you yeah. have to do it by set. It gets... Cha- I don't know really know how the guys do it. I don't know how they do it. And it gets very chaotic. Uh, but with so God many crew. Them. But, you know, each set we do is usually... There's usually a, a, a gang boss or it's spearheaded by some set dresser. So you know who your point person is, you yeah. know, f- for the pickups or if you need to get more stuff or... Well, I just or if there's Michael. That's all a I have. problem on the set, you know, God forbid. Oh, my God. If there's a problem on the set, <laughs> don't even talk about it. If, whenever Jordan calls me, I've said, whenever he calls me, I shit my pants. <laughs> whenever I see his name, I go, oh, no. And he now knows to answer the phone. Everything's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they were just wondering if anyone could have flowers. <laughs> it's like the same conversation all the time and he freaks me out every time. This is how I wish I was in every interview. This interview is how relaxed and honest I thought every episode would be. But um, pretty much can hear in every other episode how nervous I am. Um, talk about our current and past shows the good and the bad i'm just so thankful that ethan was honest and and gave me the time for this interview so uh thank you again to him and like i said we have another interview coming up um in two weeks i'll post that podcast i hope you got an earful i'm kim Wanup for decorating pages decorating pages is sponsored by stogie floaty Float them if you got them. Luxury pool floats. On sale now at stogiefloaty.com.